0: Disclaimer. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is not an upload of the film Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, This is just a podcast episode dealing with the English dub. If you would actually like to go watch the film Howl's Moving Castle, um, unless you live in the U.S., Netflix is your best bet. And if you do live in the U.S., that'll be HBO Max. Uh, Now that we have that out of the way... This episode may contain language and adult situations that aren't appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This episode also contains spoilers for the film Howl's Moving Castle, and possibly other projects, so keep that in mind as you listen. And as always, opinions expressed are those of the individual participants, and may not reflect those of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Uh, So with that, Enjoy tonight's show. And if you excuse me, I think my ride's here. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Dub Talk show where a bunch of nerds get together and talk about the latest and greatest in English dubs and voiceovers. Um, today, Megan and I have kind of come together for an emergency episode to, you know, pad things out. It's filler episode time. Yay! Um, And actually, I think this is like the first episode that was just you and me. Yep. Since, like, Pop Team Epic before we started dating? Yep. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, but tonight we've decided to get together to talk about a movie that is near and dear to the both of our hearts. Howl's yes. Moving Castle?
1: Yes.
0: The sad, mopey wizard boy.
1: I, I, for one, love, uh, Harvey, Harvey Wizard, uh... Harvey Birdman, Hal Birdman, a magician at law. (laughs) Uh,
0: So this little film of ours is based on a novel by Diana Wynne Jones, and I have a plot summary courtesy of IMDB. When an unconfident young woman is cursed with an old body by a spiteful witch, her only chance of breaking the spell lies with a self-indulgent yet insecure young wizard and his companions in his legged, walking castle. And, and it's like World War One in the Alps. And there's also a talking fire.
1: And the best dog ever.
0: Little, good little traitor boy.
1: Yes. I have a plush on him of him, and I love him.
0: Um. To be honest, I only picked this up a couple of months after we recorded Porco Rosso.
1: <laughs> but you had obviously this seen w- it before. You'd seen it before.
0: I had seen it a ways back in theaters. Um, I think it was right around the time Disney was putting it out.
1: Oh yeah, I, I watched this in middle school. Uh, just just for a frame of reference I've been out of college for seven years this year as of like literally like two days from now
0: yeah I would have been at some point in high school like maybe sophomore or junior year somewhere around that time frame but no I, I love the shit out of this movie And one of the reasons I love this movie is because we have a fabulous dub direction crew that I will read off to you right now. Mm-hmm. Segway! Um, this is actually kind of a cool one to talk about. Um, we've talked about the scriptwriters before on Porco Rosso. Um, it would be Don Hewitt and Cindy Davis, who have done things like Porco Rosso spirited away whisper of the heart bunch of the um bunch of the disney era ghibli dubs um but cindy davis is also known for being one of the scriptwriters for the blue sky animated film spies in disguise um the direction side however is a really fascinating one um co-directing is uh rick dempsey uh a name you might not be familiar with, but... Um, he directed the dub for Nausicaa. Uh, he did the Disney character side of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and he was also credited as a talent coordinator for things like Inspector Gadget and the real Ghostbusters. Ooh. But the main director of the movie is One Pete Doctor, um, One of the legendary directors um, in the early era of Pixar... He's done such films as Monsters Incorporated, Up, Inside Out, and Soul. Uh, and I just sat down to watch the little Making of documentary on the G-Kids Blu-ray right before we started watching this. And a really fascinating little snippet is I've got to give their, their mixing and engineer crews a lot of props Um, I'm not sure if this is, like, a common thing in dubs, because you really don't hear it uh, talked about in, like, you know, a a Funimation commentary, or if you, like, happen to see a panel with a mix engineer. I've never seen anybody talk about doing things like this, but they would sometimes snip and stitch together individual takes with, um, you know, particular nuances of a line. If they like a little bit of it, they'll cut that out, and they'll stitch it together with other other takes that also did things that they actually kind of liked. I, I found that really fascinating.
1: I did not know that, because I have not gotten to watch that documentary. And again, like, this is the first time in a couple of years that I, I've seen it. And I know that a lot of people for uh, a lot of Ghibli movies don't really like the fact that there's a lot of celebrities that do the voiceover work in them. But to be honest, like, it actually really works well in here. Um, there's maybe, like, one or two performances, I feel, that are a little bit too stiff, pretentious, like, pretty much. But overall, yeah. I think that this is, a, like, the main core cast is so very good. And it really does help make this movie so much more enjoyable uh, to English-speaking audiences. Um.
0: And another really cool thing that I noticed in the documentary is um, Don Hewitt and Cindy Davis were actually in the room as the actors were performing the lines and could on the fly work with them in order to change the context of a line if need be or... You know, on the fly, uh change a couple of syllables here or there to make it work. Like, I... I I really wish that there was a way to get more of sort of the behind-the-scenes footage of a dub being produced out there.
1: I do, too. I don't oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Because I don't think we get that enough. And I know... In the past, Funimation has tried.
1: Yeah, and I I do appreciate that when it happens, and I I honestly kind of miss a lot of the commentaries, but people were always complaining if, like, they weren't 100% on track of what was going on in the show, because everyone's like, oh, it's good that these people don't actually care about it, and I'm like, my favorite commentary in, like, an anime dub recently was... The first "Laughing Under the Clouds" episode, where they 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 did talk about how they were all cast and what the show means them, but they were also talking about the time uh, Stephen Hoff had to cro- uh, call Terry Doty and just yelled in the phone, "I can't do it. I can't kill her." <laughs> and it was it was about a chicken, not oh. Stephen Hoff actually, you know, murdering somebody. <laughs> I don't know if Terry's ever told that story at a con, but it's on the commentary for that DVD, and I love it. I
0: I feel like she might have mentioned that in in a panel at Anime once. I I can't recall it off the top of my head, but yeah. Like, and I do have to say, for a dub produced in like two thousand four, two thousand five, um. It is really solidly put together. And it brings in a lot of people who... By all accounts were not familiar with the ADR process... When they came in. I know, um... The elderly voice of Sophie had mentioned... This was the first time she was doing voiceover... In the commentary. And... I think this would have been one of the first times... um, the actress for the Witch of the Waste would have been, would have been in there, and we'll be going through them as as the episode progresses. But like, I like the fact that it felt like between Pete Doctor and Rick Dempsey and um, and our writers, like they knew how to get what was what they needed out of the actor even when they weren't quite familiar with how to deal with lip flaps how to how to do the correct enunciation for animation that was already there
1: yeah and the thing is too um i know that this is an adaptation of a book but it's such a different adaptation of what happens in the book from what i understand
0: I'd love to read the novel one day.
1: Yeah, I'm too lazy to read books with words. Says the girl who has six volumes of Don May on her desk. Um, <laughs> uh, who needs to? Okay, technically f- four. One of them is in my purse that I mean to read, but like, eh. But I think the thing that works so much that I—it's hard to explain. I think the thing that I like that works so much about this movie and the dub is that it does feel like it's so either natural or that it just feels like it's a part of the world that they're living in. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing also that I really like is um, they do a really good job mixing celebrity voice talent with Names that we'd actually be familiar with talking about on the show. Um, thank you for your thank you for your two hours of work.
1: You you know who you are. <laughs>
0: um, because not only is there one we'll be talking about um, when we get to the characters, but um, actors like Murray Devon, um, Stephen Horowitz, which I don't know if we've ever actually physically talked about on the show, but he's done he he did some incidental characters here
1: I'm pretty sure I think I heard Mary Elizabeth McGlynn in the background at one point
0: yeah and um oh, what's his name there was a lot of what's his names what's her names like you, I know you from anime, but
1: you're not big <laughs> in this but I know what you mean
0: but it does a great job of Filling out the world. And it does a great job of filling out... You... I know what you're going
1: world. for. I feel... Yeah, I know, I know what you're going for, but I feel like it's going to be easier to explain all this when we
0: actually talk about the characters. Right. Um, so I think at this point we we might as well <laughs> just go ahead. Um, I think we, we're both basically in agreement that like the direction and and scripts were on the top of their game and you know even even the mixing and the engineering it it all sounded right and you know lip flaps were matched <laughs> and it sounded natural it sounded super good um so in the typical the new format Um, I'm just gonna name all the characters right off the bat, and then we'll just go through them as we see fit. It's honestly
1: so much better to discuss this way, because now I don't feel awkward about jumping ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, so first off we have Sophie, a, um, she works in a hat shop and ends up getting cursed to turn into an old woman. Yeah, she decides How's to d-
1: tell. She decides to tell the witch of the waste to fuck off and get out of her house.
0: Mmm, so good. But in doing so, she gets turned into an old woman. Ends up on the on the front porch of Howl, and becomes his cleaning lady. Uh, and Howl's just a brooding boy. Uh, he gave his heart to a demon for magic. And he is slowly turning into a monster the more he uses his powers.
1: Hal forgot to, to, for, uh, Howl's entire reason for being the way he is is because, uh, somebody decided to not follow the five second rule. <laughs> uh,
0: and then that demon he sold his heart to is named Calcifer. Probably the show stealer of this movie. Yep. Um He is a giant demon made of fire who basically runs the entire mechanical operations of the fortress. He's also the cooking fire. He heats bathwater. He doesn't he's, like that too much. He also claims that he's being abused.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, I don't I'm, think Hal's castle is shit safe. <laughs>
0: I think Calcifer should report that to the Union.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think Jorks the Cat would really <laughs> help him out.
0: Yeah. Um, Howl also has an apprentice, a little boy by the name of Markle.
1: Not to be confused with Megan
0: Markle. Um... Who was probably a child when this came out. <laughs> Uh Markle can basically shapeshift into an old man. But he can't mask his voice, so he has to <laughs> We'll get to that.
1: I hate fish. He he is, uh, he his voice throw is the equivalency of the kids in the suit going wanting a movie ticket.
0: <laughs> the kids in the trench go. That's what it is. The, no, 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 not only that, the Bojack Horseman kid in a trench coat. Oh, God, what the fuck was that? I want thing? to see adult
1: movie. Oh, God, I have to remember its name because that was so funny. Because it was dating the cat for like the longest yeah. time. It was dating the cat. Oh, uh, it was dating Carolyn. I I uh. think, I think the last thing was like adult person. Yeah, it was something adult person. Hold
0: on, you keep going, Uh, I'll look it up. Alright, and then we've got... One of my favorite characters of the movie, the Witch of the Waste. Kind of the bad guy in the first act. She curses Sophie, and then... Kind of gets absolutely wrecked by Madame Suleiman. And then it's just a blithering old woman. Uh, And then we have... The actual antagonist of the film and the, the second and third acts, uh, Madame Suleiman. Who seems to be extending the war for some unexplained reason. That's probably explained a little better in the book. Um, but she captured the prince of the neighboring kingdom. And just basically made a bunch of copies of him. But you don't find that out until the very end of the film when the little turnip-head scarecrow ends up being the prince, played by Crispin Freeman.
1: Crispin Freeman, who walked, apparently, came in, did his- He had, like, a two-hour session, did not like, ten minutes and left, or something, I think is the thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. What was that anecdote? Um, Noah mentioned it in the Porco Rosso episode. Yeah. He just kind of showed up, did everything he needed to do in, like, ten minutes- and everybody was just blown away.
1: And he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh
0: and then we also have Letty. Uh she is Sophie's sister. Uh she works at a bakery. And that's basically the extent of her character. Yeah, but I like the actress like, who plays her.
1: She literally just like shows up and then just like never comes back again.
0: Like I think you see her mom more than her. Which, yeah. by the way, the, the mom. I don't have, like, the whole thing listed for her in my notes, but the mom is played by Mari Devon. Okay. Uh, so, introducing our cast uh, Letty is played by Jenna Malone. You would know her from such things as The Hunger Games, Donnie Darko, Sucker Punch, and The Neon Demon. Um, I sh- I should mention that I just named off the-, the films each of these character each of these actors are in just to save a little bit of time. Um Our friend Turniped is played by Crispin Freeman, uh who you would know from such anime works mm-hmm. as Helsing, Fate Zero, da-da-da-da, and because I'm playing a shit ton of it right now, Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance he's like the big bald dude it's great he has like a heavy Texas accent it is fucking awesome Uh, Madame Suleiman is played by Blythe Danner Uh, she's been in such things as Meet the Parents American Gods Will and Grace and 1776 so that should give you a good general kind of time frame of her career Uh, The Witch of the Wastes is played by... God, I get to talk about her again! Yes! Um, is played by the late, great Lauren Bacall. Uh, She has been in such things as Ernest and Celestine. Uh, Murder on the... The 1974 version, I should note, of Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, The Big Sleep. And I believe she was nominated for an Academy Award for The Mirror Has Two Faces. Uh, Markle is played by Josh Hutcherson. And I'm actually kind of surprised we're talking about him now, because not only was he in The Hunger Games, uh, Zathora and Bridge to Terabithia,
1: Oh God! you would fucking, actually fucking know him- paravi- Fucking Bridge to Terabithia.
0: <laughs> God, what a sucker punch. Um, but you would actually know him right now, as the voice of the new Ultraman in the 2019 anime version of Ultraman. Calcifer is played by multiple Emmy uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Calcifer is played by multiple Emmy Award nominee and winner Billy Crystal. I probably don't need to name things Billy Crystal has been in, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, he's been in such films as Monsters Inc, When Harry Met Sally, The Princess Bride, and because I know Noah's probably going to give me a hard time if I don't mention it, he was in Animal Olympics.
1: <laughs> yes, I saw that on the fucking Bible, and I was just like, Ah, uh, that is a that is a thing I want us to get very drunk and watch together at a con.
0: Oh um, man,
1: I used to watch. Okay.
0: such a bizarre movie.
1: Did you also watch the living fucking shit out of it? It was on the Disney channel
0: all the damn time.
1: You didn't have the VHS that you burned the shit out of
0: like I did? Um, I had a VHS of it. I don't think it was I don't think it was an official one. I think I recorded it off of the Disney channel and then proceeded to burn to the wear shit. the living daylights out of, <laughs> out of
1: it. I was trying to see who the fuck he was again in it. Oh god, he's just Barbara Bob, Bob, They couldn't even get actual Barbara Walters in for this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Just like if you've never seen Animal Olympics, one, you need to watch fucking Animal Olympics. It, it has the horniest running race you will ever see in your life.
0: Like and the best thing th- about it is like legally, I don't think anybody owns it anymore, so it's on YouTube. And it's free. It's basically
1: free domains. Like, I'm not going to lie that it is... This This movie has, like...
0: Like, it, this awakened things in people. <laughs> and, and it's, like, the cheapest... It, it's, like, the cheapest animation that of lion the year. That had
1: a dump truck ass!
0: And it's also the most bizarrely horny like, 80s kids movie I've ever seen. And that's saying something. It's, it was B-Stars
1: before B-Stars. Because the the main thing is literally about a goat and a lioness falling in love as they're running a race. (laughs) There's also, there's also a really well-endowed poodle reporter.
0: (laughs) Just like, this awakened things in an entire generation, like <laughs> an entire are... generation of STEM of, of STEM of people working in the STEM field. Your, everyone's like, where was your furry awakening?
1: Was it the Lion King? Was it uh, was it the Great Mouse Detective? I am also on. A- Oh no, I should not have googled Animal Olympics Lion on Google Image. Sir. <laughs> oh no! Like a decent amount of it is like either like screenshots or clips, and then there is just one Deviantart link <laughs> that I have to send you. Oh, that's going no. to come <laughs> that is going to come with no comment! Oh You no. have to see it in real time! I'm so sorry we've gone off rails. And I will have him put this th- I You've gotta see this fucking thing. You've gotta fucking see this thing. Oh no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking over here!
1: (laughs) Is this what Hal's thinking about when his hair turns black and he's all (laughs) moving? Please put in the comments below if you would like for us to do an episode on Animal impact. I will do that as an alternatives
0: episode if you tell us to. If you don't... Okay. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Back in the game. Back in the game. Real talk, though. Okay. If you don't Howl. have
1: bloody... <laughs> You can't get it out of your head, can you?
0: No, I can't. I should have waited.
1: I don't I know, know if I should put, put it on first. the Discord
0: or not. <laughs> uh, Howl is played by Christian Bale. Um, you would know Christian Bale from such projects as the Christopher Nolan Batman films, American Psycho. Um, he actually won an Academy Award for Best Actor for his role in The Fighter. And you would actually be able to see him in two months from when this episode was recorded in Thor Love and Thunder. I was gonna say, uh... I was like, thank God you, you
1: mentioned American Psycho. Because now I'm imagining how I'm putting the wood of the waist of the house and going and doing the fucking Yimmy Lewis and the New fucking thing. Hey, solemn. Have uh, Sol- you
0: heard this record from Joe Hisaishi? It's called The Merry-Go-Round of Life and Death. Hey, catch!
1: <laughs> anyway. So, no, just like- Christian, when I, okay, so like when I was growing up, I had no idea that that was Christian Bale.
0: As you know, happened. since I didn't really think about it until I watched this film later, I probably didn't either. I, I mean, I was in middle school, so I would not have known yeah. who Christian Bale is. Like, it oh, was sh- basically Batman Begins where I found out about him.
1: This came out, like, literally the year before Batman Begins. You want to know what Christian Bale was in that was a fucking piece of art that came out before Hell's Moving Castle?
0: Hmm. I fucking think I know where you're going. Rain Reign
1: of Fire, baby!
0: Oh, rain of Fire. Fuck yeah.
1: Also, did you know that he was... Okay, you've seen Pocahontas, right? Yeah, he was the...
0: He's I that he dumb fucking like, kid
1: that falls off the boat at the beginning. John has to go fish out of the water. Okay, he was the
0: kid. All right.
1: Yeah, he was Tom. He's that little dumb fuck that falls off the boat.
0: <laughs> I would think you'd know not to do that, but... Eh? Anyway. Um, our final character actually has two actresses attached to her. Um... Sophie is played in the young state by Emily Mortimer, who you would know from such films as Hugo. Cars 2. I had to bring up Elizabeth Schiffwell, because, you know.
1: Oh, God. Fucking car... God. Why did you bring up Cars 2? Like, the actual worst Pixar movie. I had to. You're lucky you're handsome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mary Poppins return- uh, yeah, Returns yeah. uh, Mary Poppins Returns and Lars and the Real Girl um, Her older state is played by Jean Simmons Not that Jean Simmons The legendary actress Jean Simmons Who um, you would Jean know Simmons. from such things as um, Guys and Dolls Spartacus um, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress at, in an adaptation of Hamlet as I believe Ophelia, um, and then she, oh no, she didn't win. She was also nominated, but this time for Best Actress in the film The Happy Ending.
1: Yeah, she she was nominated twice, never, never won that. Also. You said Spartacus. You want to know what the only fucking thing I thought of was?
0: Uh Uh-oh.
1: Famous movie lines as read by Carol Fanning.
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) I'm Spartacus. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you still not over the fucking Animal Olympics lion thing? No! (laughs) Just, that's gonna be the thing. The entire fucking rest... (sighs) <sighs> is we're just gonna softly think about it and just start fucking laughing and just crack up
0: at random intervals. It's like thinking about hell Chicano. <laughs> it just shows up.
1: Oh my god! You, I feel really bad, but you know what I want to do? Uh oh! I want to change it to the Dub Talk official uh, image on Twitter for the chat and see how long it takes okay
0: ah! getting the animal olympic lion out of my head
1: <laughs> the animal olympic lion will not isn't real and can't hurt you <laughs> legally we are now both to do an animal olympics episode with no <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Let's talk about- Like, we've talked about all the people who are in the movie, right? We can start talking about their performances? Yeah, we can
0: can start talking about the movie now. Okay, cool. So
1: let's talk about the Witch of the Waste and why she's the best fucking character in this movie. Yes. (laughs) Like, every time- I don't know, my mom's like, oh god, she's the worst. And I'm like, she's fucking hysterical. I love her. Just like- I think the thing I like the most about her performance, uh, which is done by- Uh,
0: Uh, Lauren Bacall.
1: Yeah, Lauren Bacall fucking eats the scenery. Yes. As the Witch of the Waste, just as the big, fat, like, pretty-ish version of her to the, the little old lady who's like, what a nice fire. I just, I fucking love the super old lady version of her with no powers. Where she's just like, she's like your grandma, She's, she's like, okay, I haven't actually seen the movie, but she's kind of like the grandpa in Little Miss Sunshine, isn't she? Yeah. Which is weird, I've never seen that movie.
0: Which it also kind of feels... What's also really great about it is, like, when she's basically been stripped of her powers and she's, like, rendered into this ultra-vulnerable state, Mm-hmm. like it starts to feel like she is trying to care.
1: Mhm. And she does like feel she, genuine.
0: She she wants to be like this this caring like presence in in the lives of like Sophie and um and Markle. And Heen, Heen but, gets to cut. Heen count and Heen. And Heen. Family. But then it's also just like she can't pull herself away from the temptation of stealing Howell's heart, and you know, smoking the cigar, <laughs> and and smoking the trap cigar, yeah.
1: She's just like, led an old woman in her pleasures. I love the way that she she does that. But to me, like, the most outstanding moment for all of Lauren Bacall is her going up the fucking stairs. Yes. Just the level of attention to detail of a woman dying (laughs) as she is forced to walk up the stairs. I know what that sounds like. I've been to New York City. Uh, Yeah. Fuck the subway stairs. Um... Just, just, she's so fucking good at this. It's a sad, it's a shame she's not around longer, but I feel like the movie, she would have been, like, less of a liked character if she was there super long. Just, just.
0: But I also just really love her, her first appearance in the movie, where she's just this absolutely haughty presence. She, she basically barges her way into Sophie's shop and she's starting to close down. And, like, Sophie literally tells her to basically fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. Get the
1: fuck out of my house, bitch. And it's bitch. just like,
0: yeah. Oh, this place is tacky. These hats are tacky. You're tacky.
1: Get out of my house. Also, uh, I've t- learned something. Huh. Uh, apparently in the, in the Japanese version of, um... Howl's Moving Castle. Um, the Witch of the Waste was actually played by a drag queen. Oh. Yeah, they were played by Akihiro Miwa.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: also, yeah, I can see it. Also, apparently Aki, uh, Akihiro Miwa uh, hates Shinzo Abe, so therefore they are a man of culture.
0: Bless but I I, I absolutely love the point in the very beginning of the film where Lauren Bacall is just an absolute catty bitch. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's magnificent. And on that same note, like, Blythe Danner as Suleiman is conniving in a completely different way.
1: She's that. Uh, first of all, one Suleiman is terrifying because she has a a army of small twink boys that all look the same. Therefore, something is up in that castle.
0: Um, uh, yeah.
1: I I and think like it, oh sorry. The thing ahead.
0: to note is like those creepy little uh the creepy little twink boys that are all copies of each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're copies of the prince.
1: Oh, they are. I've I put that together now. Oh, and like no. the cab
0: driver who, who drives um, Sophie's mother away near the end of the film. That's another one.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, Solon's also a character. I feel like if she was more and more of the movie, that like it would ruin the, it would ruin it. Yeah. And Blythe takes full, of, full effective use of her time playing her to make this her this very ominous and kind of creepy character. Who clearly doesn't care about anybody but herself. Yep. And I
0: love... Like, the thing story-wise that I love about the character is, like... She's very obviously trying to prolong the war. Basically by kidnapping and cursing the prince. Yeah, isn't... But you never actually know why she did it.
1: Probably... I think it... Is it also implied that she's also kind of in love with Howl?
0: Maybe... Or, or, like that, she, or that she's just angry that he's abusing her gift.
1: Or, or, yeah, or that she chose a path that was away from her. Because it's really weird, though, because it also implies that she knows that the falling star was Calcifer. Or that she caused it in the first place. Yeah. And I think that Danner gives her just enough air of mystery to to, uh, never figure it out.
0: Yep. Like, you know exactly what you need to know about Suleiman, Mm -hmm. and nothing more. Mm. Which I know, I, I know we basically already gave the anecdote, but, like, Crispin Freeman's great. Yeah. He gets, like, two lines and it's, like, It's like all the obvious, like, oh yeah, I'm the prince. I got curse. I'm going away now. Bye.
1: Bye bye.
0: But it's it's just great, and I like a lot of Turniphead's performance is Mm -hmm. basically, you know, pantomime in the animation. But I I love Turniphead. I. If they ever made like a a scale size stuffy of him, I'd get one. I I love the design so much. All right. This is so good. Moving up here, um I also love that they just got a kid to play Markle.
1: Yeah, how old was him at the time?
0: Um, I can look that up. Not up M D B. That had more syllables than I thought. All right, so 2004, he would have been about 12. Oh, wow. 11, 12 years old when they recorded it.
1: Yeah, no, I think he does a good job. And like I said, the, the fun thing is when he tries to do the uh three kids in
0: a trench coat. <laughs> Except he's like the great thing about it is like it's not like three kids stacked in a trench coat. He is still the same size as a child. Yeah. It, he just it, magically it, grows a beard, and that's literally it. Yeah, by the way, that character that character is literally named uh Vincent
1: Adultman. <coughs> What's that? It's Vincent he is Vincent Adultman.
0: Yeah. There we go.
1: Just, it's just so, he's so, I also just love how innocent he is. It's just so cute. Like when he's, um, like when he's trying to just, you know, like be a good kid. And it's just like, please don't leave Sophie. I love you. And you're just like baby 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 boy baby boy also you're s- i you're so spooky. one thing i
0: absolutely love is like when other characters start to show not e- not even romantic affection but just affection towards sophie mhm like her curse m- kind of slightly breaks yes 'Cause not only does she have like her her eighteen year old form and her ninety-year-old form, but there's like a couple in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like whenever whenever a character shows strong affection for her, or when she's called out on having affections for Howl, she turns she's, back. Yeah, she's like, ah
1: Also, I I'm I'm looking into like some of the Seiyu for this and you know what's really funny about Markle's, uh, Seiyu is that he, he is the guy now that, uh, goes to, uh, that gets to, uh, be, um uh, oh god, what the fuck is his name? The, the fuck, fuck, fuck. Shit. Shinkai! Makoto Shinkai! Oh! He was, yeah, the guy who plays Markle was, uh, Taki in your name. Well Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Um Yeah, I I love the fact that like it's just a kid. Yeah. He's learning magic, but he's just a kid.
1: Also, damn bitch, they live like that. <laughs> yeah. Two bachelors living in a talking just just.
0: That is like the ultimate yeah, That is the ultimate bitch That is like bachelor pad That is the final form of bachelor pad
1: Just the ultimate bachelor pad It
0: moves It goes wherever you want And it is a shit pile Pigsty No 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 the pigs won't even touch it
1: It's too good for the pigs <laughs> <laughs> Also there uh, I know you're I'll I'll talk to you after that, just so there's some things. But anyway. Uh no, just like I love I I my mom and I were watching this together because my mom likes to watch this movie every so often. She likes spirited away more, but still, but um just the, the fucking damn thing she looks like this moment I, I said to her and she just started laughing really hard. <laughs>
0: And let me just say, like, if circumstances were slightly different, um, Billy Crystal would have been, like, awesome as, like, a regular anime voice actor. He was, he... He he, gets the assignment. Yeah,
1: he stole the show in this movie. Like... 100% 100% steals the show as Calcifer. I love the part where he's just like he's just like, I'm being, help, help, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> and it's just like, he just wants to like, oh Sophie, if you break the curse on me, I'll break the curse on you. And I also just love how aggressively New Yorker Calcifer's ex, ex- yes. is. <laughs> like, It's just the, the, just, just the the most aggressively New Yorker thing that I love it.
0: Which, as an anecdote, speaking of New York, um, it's interesting, Billy Crystal's performance in this movie, because, um, while everybody else did all of their, their line reads, uh, in sound studio in burbank um billy crystal was in new york um and he did all his entire performance via teleconference with the um with the burbank studio um in another studio in new york city so while i'm i'm sure this isn't the first um It is one of the earliest instances of remote recording I have personally come across.
1: Yeah, if it it works for Disney, it should work for everybody. If it worked for fucking Disney in 05, guys!
0: If it worked for Billy Crystal, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nudge. It should work for you, too.
1: And I mean, Billy, and here's the thing though, Billy doesn't sound off at all in any of this.
0: No. um, He
1: sounds fantastic.
0: I mean, one thing that should be noted is presumably here, he, this wasn't Billy Crystal recording for Calcifer in like his closet. Like this was presumably a a sound studio Disney rented for him, but still,
1: like it,
0: it still sounds absolutely great. And he just has this absolutely beautiful energy to him where he's just, like he is absolutely start, you know what? This remind his performance reminds me of a tweet that was, um, I think somebody put it in your discord where somebody recounted a, um, they had dropped their wallet On the New York City subway. Yeah. (laughs) And they threw it back to them. And somebody grabbed it. And fastballed it. Into the subway. To make sure she got it. Yeah, And then somebody retorts. um, Yeah this confirms that. Like New Yorkers are kind. But not Not nice. nice.
1: Which is an accurate statement. As somebody who was raised by New Yorkers.
0: And like. Calcifer lives up to that. 100% he is he is for a fire demon he is absolutely kind
1: but he is not nice he's just
0: not gonna be nice to you
1: just I love I think to me like the quintessential calcifer moment in this movie are Billy Crystal's delivery of she likes my spark
0: yes and the
1: the whole Sophie please put me Sophie I'm going to fall Sophie And he's just like, his little fat ass is trying to keep up. It's like, it's like watching Mufasa try to stay over the, um, the wildebeest, but instead of, you know, crushing childhood trauma and PTSD, uh, he gets blown, he, how, Billy, just Christian Bale comes in and goes, where is she? And he comes back to life. Um, (laughs)
0: Just, like It's just like, instead of crippling childhood trauma, you just get a cartoonish puff of smoke. And then Christian Bale didn't take too kindly to it.
1: Speaking to of which people
0: Christian Bale who... as Howl.
1: Speaking of people who steal the
0: movie. It is. Um, the... If I have only one complaint about his performance, um, I do find it just a little bit baffling that they didn't I suspect it was a decision on his and the director's part, but I'm I'm still a little confused as to why he just didn't use his natural accent.
1: Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's right. He's fucking British. I keep forgetting Christian Bale isn't an American citizen. Yeah, like yeah, he's the only one who, like Josh Hutchinson, I understand. Josh Hutchinson is either American or Canadian. I forget. Yeah. But, like, and Lauren Bacall doesn't, but I could get Lauren Bacall not doing it.
0: But, well, she like, she kind of does. She has, like, an, acristo- an a an aristocratic air to her voice. It isn't exactly a British accent, but...
1: But, yeah, like, him being the only one who doesn't, I guess it's try- they're, like, trying to show that he's, like, otherworldly and stuff, but I, I don't know. Um... Just, just...
0: And they also didn't go over it in the documentary, which is understandable, but it's also just like...
1: It's so, it's a weird thing. My thing is, I'm surprised how deep they actually keep his voice the whole time. Howell's voice doesn't really go up. I was and you would think that he would be a little bit more up in the higher range with how he looks, but they choose to keep him deeper. And I wonder if that's because he is at that point, undergoing such a monstrous phase of his life. And, I wonder if that was kept there, because that's the one thing I will call about, was they did not probably have to use a lot of filter in Christian Bale's voice.
0: No, um, they actually did show him, like, recording some of his lines as sort of his B-state. Oh, which, speaking of B-state, there is a little anecdote about this movie I forgot to talk about at oh at the jump of this film. Um, it was originally supposed to be directed by a a regular director we have talked about on this show. Um, yeah, Miyazaki was not originally slated to direct Howl's Moving Castle. Um, it was supposed to be Mamoru Hosoda.
1: Huh, this would have been a really different movie and there would have been a lot more Furry Awakening. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad Hosoda didn't make this.
0: Um and not
1: because I, I I fucking love hisoda I love yeah. Mamoru hisoda Mamoru hisoda is not the person I would see making an anti-war movie and which this to, totally is yeah it, it, yeah and honestly like looking at he probably he was obviously one probably in the trenches of Toei at this point um, um
0: it was right below... He had been brought on to direct Howl's Moving Castle, he had a vision for it, he butted heads with Miyazaki, and then Miyazaki fired him and his entire crew. Um, and they fucked to ch- off to Toei. He went back to Toei and ended up ended up pulling that crew back together and making one of the greatest One Piece movies of all time.
1: Yeah, and then he would go on to make The Girl Who Left Her Time in Summer Wars, so... Um. And, and, like, to be fair, also, uh, just, but, like, yeah, no, like, the fact that it wasn't Hosoda actually is kind of good because I feel like this would have been a very different movie. Yeah. I don't know if I would have genuinely enjoyed it as much as I would have. Um, but speaking of, oh yeah, fun fact about the Sayu of, um, of Hal. Uh, Go did on. you know that he plays, uh, Yagami and Judgment and Lost Judgment? Really? <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Therefore, how, how Pendragon would in fact fit in the Yakuza universe? <laughs> how can, we legally now need to ask Christian Bale to sing Bakumi
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: also, he was apparently in the live-action Space Battleship Yamato movie And JP in uh, Red Line To which I've seen that live-action Space Battleship Yamato movie And I called the fucking ending of it Even though I came in 45 minutes late
0: <laughs> I I had that for a time I kinda liked it It's a weird little movie It is But, um One thing I really like is, like, not only can Christian Bale hit that really dark, grumbly, like, from-the-belly, bestial state um, when Howl transforms. But it's also, like, when he uses that deep register when he's absolutely playful, I love it so much. Like, in the beginning of the say, film, when he first meets Sophie? God,
1: yes. I was gonna say, though, how Christian Bale doing the Beast voice is just preparation for Nolan's Batman uh, Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, I can use this.
0: But also, um, really? I think the thing I love the absolute most about Christian Bale's performance is how... Is when he goes into broody boy mode. Sophie, you ruined me.
1: When that is he's, like
0: hysteric crying, and <laughs> like he sits in the chair, he mopes, and then he summons the spirits of darkness just because just, his hair color changed.
1: I just, I fucking love Josh Hutcherson's liver. The last time I saw him, it was because a girl dumped him, <laughs> and it's just like Markle, what the fuck have you seen? <laughs> What What? what has this
0: man shown you?
1: Well, his ass, as of that day. Um, <laughs> I Just just that and Calcifer being like, Oh, he's got a slime all over me.
0: Just, Whoa, just, whoa, whoa, no, he's gonna put me out. Just like, that is like the
1: Hal's Moving Castle scene to people. Like, if you know nothing else about this movie, you just know the scene where Hal cries about his hair.
0: And then turns to goo.
1: Goo. You know, like most men. um,
0: Just, just... calm Sister Todd. Just...
1: <laughs> Fuck! God damn it!
0: <laughs> I'd start singing that, but I don't remember the lyrics.
1: No, it's not that I'm thinking about that. It's that I'm thinking about fucking Arthur. <laughs> like, hey, it's a wonderful kind of day, Arthur. <laughs> I'm sorry, like a couple weeks ago, there was like uh, a, a Runaway Guys like, group playing uh, Mario Kart, and yeah. somehow the topic of Arthur came up, and eventually they discovered that Matt Damon was on Arthur as himself. And that. They didn't know that? Yeah, they didn't know that. So then they saw the picture and they were all horrified about it by it. So they made it the meme that night, and they would just. They made the picture background and depending on who was winning and losing and what stream you were on they would either increase or decrease the opacity <laughs> but if you've ever played Mario- I'm so sorry this tangent- this tangent is fucking staying in. Um if you've never played Mario Kart, Kart online uh when you're picking the stage you're all standing on a globe as your knees. So John oh, no. kept tilting it <laughs> <laughs> to the end of that million things. <laughs> 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 oh god, Tom oh, uh, Sizemore howl.
0: God, uh, Christian Bale's god. howl. Mopes turns to Tang.
1: Tang. <laughs> Except for in this case, it's green. So would he just be in, turning into craft Jello? Sure. <laughs> but, like, oh, God, I love his chemistry. Like, if I, the only other complaint I could see people having is, like, people thinking he might sound too monotone because he is so deep all the time. But, like, it's not. You can hear the inflections in his voice. This man knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Like, particularly with the first scene in the movie where he shows up and he's, um, he's escorting Sophie to the, uh, to the bakery. Yes.
1: Yes. I love when he just, he just moves the guys who are hitting away, hitting on Sophie. Yeah. To which, gentlemen, that's how you do it.
0: But then it's also just like, yeah, don't look behind me. I'm being followed.
1: Whatever you do, don't make eye contact. If you make eye contact, then they won't stop. Then they won't stop. And they won't stop coming. And they won't stop coming. <laughs> and they won't stop coming.
0: And they don't stop coming, and they don't stop stop coming, coming,
1: and they don't stop coming. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, I'm sorry.
0: We need to do this more often.
1: We do. (laughs) Anyway,
0: um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Um, Is it time to talk about it? There was one other scene of Howl's that I wanted to mention, but I don't remember it now.
1: Is it when, is it when, uh, they're in his bedroom?
0: And he realizes the Witch of the Wastes is trying to track him down?
1: Uh, not the Witch of the waste, but, uh, where he's just like, You can go! Just pretend to be my mom!
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Twitch, that's yes, a really that weird thing to ask your girlfriend to do for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean...
0: Good on Sophie for agreeing to it? Maybe. Kind of. Prob- he probably he probably should have just gone anyway, even though he did. Just. But yeah, that that was great. Oh yeah. You can just go as my mom. Just say I'm amazing a I'm a bumfuck. Fucking fuck. coward.
1: Word. Oh, and then and then he shows up anyway and he almost fucks up. He almost fucks it up. Yep. Sometimes we almost went from Hal's Moving Castle to to uh a another movie. Uh it was going to be called How Man or the Unexplained Virtue of Ignorance. <laughs> but Unfortunately, Michael Keaton had already been used in a Ghibli movie, and he was a pig.
0: Well, you gotta make compromises somewhere.
1: Shit, we're running out of Batman.
0: (laughs) Hey! There's a new Batman now! You know who's also new that we haven't talked about? Sophie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... One thing I really like is um, this. I happen to know about the Seiyu. Um, there was only one for Sophie. Yes. And um, what I love about the dub is like Emily Mortimer and Gene Simmons are both able to play off of each other so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are points where they are basically going back and forth in the same line. And it's almost seamless.
1: It's... The only thing is, though, I think that... I think that at the beginning, um, some of... the... some of Emily Mortimer is a little bit too flat and too rigid. Yeah, I can see that. That's, like, my only complaint. Like, I think that she's a little bit too rigid at times. And that she just won't let
0: loose when she needs to be. Um, the the big complaint I would have of the of the film is that um, I think the script writing did Sophie the least amount of favors. Yeah. Well. Um, because a lot of a lot of the reads, especially in the very beginning of the film. Um, Both for Emily Mortimer and Gene Simmons felt a bit stiff. Mm -hmm. Um, But the both of them rapidly, rapidly get into the groove of things. Thank God. Um, By the time Sophie reaches the castle, like, the both of them know what they're doing.
1: Thank God. Also be just... Bless, bless your heart, Gene Simmons for doing the stairs scene. I just, yeah. I just love that she thinks that Heen is how, she's, like, she's, just like trying her best. I love, and I just love her fucking delivery of, if I was a little bit younger, then maybe I could help
0: you. Yeah, but then it's also like the castle guards are kind of being a dick about it.
1: Well, because it's a trap.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like, it we can't like, oh, help yeah. you. You can't use vehicles. Oh yeah, we're not gonna help you climb up the stairs either. Sorry.
1: Get good, bitch. They're like, get good scrub.
0: And and the thing I really like about that scene as well is, um, like, Sophie actually takes pity on the Witch of the Waste.
1: Yeah. That scene where Stel just teaches how to drive the world's worst side airships. <laughs> and how ha- she's like, I don't know how to freaking do this. And it's and like, you're fine. I'm turning you invisible for five minutes. Bye-bye!
0: Oh, yeah. I'm getting kind of good at this. I feel confident. Oh, fuck landing.
1: I <laughs> just the wish of the Waste is on the back like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs>
0: I haven't seen this excite- this amount of excitement in years.
1: Oh, I have been... land
0: <laughs> the witch of the waste.
1: The Mac, like, this is... I haven't been this excited since <laughs> since FDR spoke. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, just she's just fucking happy to. The witch of the waste is just happy to be. Uh, it's just happy to be included.
0: She's happy to be there. And then her whole thing, um, like, chiding the Witch of the Waste about the cigar.
1: Yeah. I just love her, her, just the breakdown she has when she says, I've never been beautiful in my life,
0: and Uh, then she starts crying
1: outside, and then all of a sudden, just (laughs) her hearty comes over with the fucking... I'm just leaning over to my mom. I'm like, turnipet, I think you're a little late, buddy.
0: <laughs> He's trying though.
1: I will say at the end though, when when Emily is in control and they're kind of doing a lot of the final stuff where she figures out everything that's wrong with How I just I just love her her delivery of a heart is a heavy thing to bear. Yeah. And then the Witch of the waistcock blocks the prince.
0: <laughs> and hits on him And then tries to hit on him Just, just... And he seemed Receptive yeah. Question mark I have
1: the weirdest Boner right now <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry Prince <laughs> She may be built like a bistro but she runs Like a steakhouse <laughs> but no like I think that I think it is kind of a sad thing though that like sometimes Sophie as the main character's performance isn't as up to things and maybe it is a little bit done dirty by the adaptative script writing or something but thankfully this was done after that time Miyazaki threatened somebody with a sword about editing his work
0: yeah yeah and it was also the Weinsteins. So we we get to double joke about that. Yeah, fuck the Weinsteins.
1: Uh, but I I really don't have anything else to say if you want to move to final thoughts. Yeah. I think overall this was a really good dub. It's definitely very solid for like two thousand five Disney standards. Like I I genuinely think that was around the time that, like, in general a lot of Disney's voiceover stuff was maybe not the best picked out. Uh, yeah. I, have to, I have to look up the animated canon. Everyone's like, what's the animated canon? That is the 50 some odd films that count. I'm sorry, that is the 60 films that count as Disney made them.
0: As Walt Disney animation Studios. productions, I think. Is How it was,
1: what, oh four oh five. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna be ooh, ooh, oh god. Oh, uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh, the two movies they put out at that point would be Home on the Range and Chicken Little.
0: Woof. Um, Wait. but also I think this also would have been like a year or two after Monsters Inc. on the Pixar side.
1: Yeah, I I know this is definitely a year after Brother Bear which actually has a surprisingly strong cast and has good acting in it uh problematic elements aside uh for that but film wise uh feature films this is what 04
0: Probably about yeah. Oh
1: three oh four. Okay, well that's that's Nemo in Cars.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, the, and, uh, and this no, was sorry. also no my that's GP a doctor ne- and
1: that, no that was Finding Nemo in the Incredibles. Which, I, I mean, you can't say Finding Nemo has a bad cast because Willem Defoe, Alice and Janie, and like fucking fucking albert brooks is in that and the incredibles has like jason lee in it (laughs) and of course samuel jackson i mean also
0: craig t nelson
1: yeah Yeah, like they all that actually had like a a decent those two a decent cast compared to like what disney had at the time and that was right that was like chicken little like no offense, though. Zach Braff gets... Zach Braff gets passed, though. I'm never gonna shit on Zach Braff. But, like... That was when you, Like, they didn't really have a lot... Like, a lot of stuff. The fucking Don Knotts was in Chicken Little. What the hell? <laughs> like... But Home on the Range, that's the one that's led by Roseanne, so, uh... Woof.
0: Ouch. I didn't even know that. Wow.
1: No yeah, wonder that's... their
0: two di- 2D division died right there.
1: Yeah, that was that was the Roseanne-Judy Dent's Jennifer Tilly movie. Oof. Ch- I mean, Ju- two out of three ain't two bad, Two out of three but... ain't bad, but, like... Man, did they really did fucking waste the rest of that cast. That's not, like, fucking... Well, I don't know, Cuba Gooden Jr. is kind of a eh right now, but, like... Yeah. Charlie Dennis... Carol Cook, Joe Flaherty... Steve Buscemi was in it...
0: Wow
1: Steve that's chevy I'm laughing though about the the i'll explain to you later about why uh Willem Dafoe and an and being mentioned in your anime fucking made me just lose it um <laughs> but no it is overall, basically
0: anime well
1: i'll I'll explain it because it's also a spoiler for a um a, a light novel series so gotcha. I have to see if Willem Defoe was ever in an anime movie now. And he, but overall, I, I think that it was a a great movie. Like, I think the, the dub is, like, really good. Yeah. I think that it, it was genuinely, like, well put together.
0: Oh, God!
1: He was in an anime movie and they fucking wasted him in it. Oh, no. Take a guess what Ghibli movie he was in.
0: Uh taking a stab in the dark, the cat returns.
1: No. That excuse
0: me, that's a good fucking movie. Oh, oh, oh. My neighbor's the Yamadas? No, that's also a good movie. No, he's
1: in fucking Tales what? from Earthsea. Ah, oh, oh Don't do Willem
0: Defoe dirty like that. <laughs> we have gotten way off topic.
1: Um <laughs> no, like I think that they did a great job, and I really do like the attention to details in terms of directing. It also be allowing remote directing in two thousand
0: fucking five. Yeah, but then again, I mean, it's also Billy Crystal. Like, what are you gonna like do? He's to 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 like, no, eh, I'm not feeling going to Burbank. You find a way. Like, Jesus uh, Christ,
1: that cast of finds Kale a way. From Earth. She is fucking. What the fuck? The tale from has is good cast. What the shit? Also, I'll tell it I'll tell it to you uh Your okay. final thoughts.
0: Um I really love this film. Um it kind of ra- rapidly catapulted on upon rewatching to like number 2 under uh, Porco Rosso. Um, I, I think the cast is absolutely stellar, uh, of characters, and, um, like, the dub actually feels natural to what's going on. hmm Um, nothing really feels out of place, um, and I just love the fact that it, like, unlike a lot of fam- you know, fantasy films in this era- It's entirely self-contained. Mm-hmm. But... um, You don't have to see
1: everyone's six-year journey hanging out in New Zealand.
0: Uh, But this film is absolutely worth a check out. Um, The dub cast is incredible. Um, A lot of painstaking work went into getting this dub produced, uh, getting it out to audiences, and just... I I absolutely appreciate the fact that not only is um not only is G Kids putting it out now but they're also bringing it back to theaters for another generation to check it out that way. Fucking Ghibli Fest rules. Um so on that note, if you want to check out Howl's Moving Castle, um it is in regular rotation in G kids Ghibli Fest. So do check your local listings. I don't think it's in this year's. I can check. Um, but it is a regular fixture of the of the festival.
1: Yeah, it is. It's in this year's.
0: Oh, okay. It's in this year's. Um, what month?
1: Yeah. Uh, Ponyo is this month as of the time of the recording. Uh, Cat Turns, which is twenty this year, is June. Tw- is June. Kiki's is jul- end of July August. Only yesterday is end of August, and Howl's is going to be end of September.
0: Okay. So you can check out Howl's Moving Castle in theaters at the end of September. Um, You can also find it on Blu-ray via G-Kids and Shout Factory. Um, And an absolutely gorgeous steelbook set that I think is still available. Um, But even if it's not, it's still kind of regularly available via third-party retailers for not too, too much. Um and if you yeah, want to catch that on get it streaming. For like 20
1: bucks yeah. At
0: most. Um if you want to catch it on streaming, in the United States it is available via HBO Max. And anywhere else in the world, uh, it'll be available through Netflix. And if you would like to check out anything we're doing, um, we are available via YouTube.com slash dubtalk where you can um you can find past episodes. We also have a secondary channel that is now host to our Twitch stream recordings. Um which is also to say that we have a Twitch channel that we a couple of us stream on a semi regular basis. Um, you can find me on that generally on Saturdays though. My schedule might be in flux in the coming weeks. Um yeah. and then typically when Megan does her streams it will be on Wednesdays.
1: Yeah, if we if I come back to doing them, if I do I might be doing some Final Fantasy fourteen for a while. Nice. Oh, it's um,
0: fun. and and then the game um As of recording, I'm kind of going through a playthrough of Nier Automata, but I'm also thinking of putting that on ice until we know a little more details about the anime, and then starting it over.
1: That was fun. You can can always have a good time doing
0: that. Yeah. Uh... Oh, we also have... Audio feeds for our podcasts, which if you're watching this via via those, you're good. We gave you the, the YouTube link. Um, but if you're watching this via YouTube, we also have our audio-only feeds via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, I, th- I think we're on Pandora now. Um, but we're also always looking for additional places to post the episodes. So do keep an eye out. Um, and when these launch, you will be able to find them via our Twitter feed, which is twitter.com slash Uh Tumblr's dead. Um, we've got a Ko-fi page if you want to give a one-time donation to us. And then we also have a Patreon for regular donations. And at the end of each episode, we like to shout out our list of patrons as they are at the time of recording. So as of May 1st, we would like to thank at the $5 tier, Megan's mom and dad, Michelle back, Travis,
1: dad.
0: Uh, Nico Robin, but with the yowie hands, and Victor Mybaroda. And at the $10 tier, we have Anthony Brown, Curly Lessa Cow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julia W., Marissa Linty, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you guys so much for being our patrons. We greatly appreciate the contributions. Um, and I should note that uh, at the $10 tier, you every quarter we raffle off the opportunity to get an episode that you want done. And So you could
1: force us to watch Animal Olympics if you wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can do that. Um, I think the next raffle is going to be around June, which might be around... No, it would be July. Oh, okay, in July. Um, general time frame of when this episode is likely to drop. Like, late May, early June, so... Keep that in mind. You've got a little time to think about it.
1: Yes, join the $10 tier, you know you want to.
0: Uh so Megan, where can we find you? On the wide world of the internets.
1: You can follow me at Queenera 2 on Twitter, where I uh post on the regular.
0: Nice. Um And you can and you can find me on the twitter.com at Roots of Justice. Um also I have a mass account Mastodon account by the same name now. Same. Um okay. Which they're both generally cross posting with each other, but I I retweet cute animal pics, talk general fandom stuff. It's a good time. She come see me. Either one of those two. Um and I'm also doing stuff with my blog. I keep saying that, but this time like I have I have a draft that I need to finalize, but it's actually coming. Like it is like for real for the 30th time, coming. Maybe this time I'll actually hit send and you can actually read the words that I type. That's a threat, by the way.
1: Let him do it. You'd love it, You'd love it though.
0: Uh, I would absolutely love it. Um, so I tend to like to end episodes I'm on with a little... Cool thing of the day. Um, I call this little segment Patrick's cool thing of the day.
1: Yay, cool things.
0: Uh, let's see. I had... I had something. I had something. Um, okay, here's... Here's a little thing I have been keeping an eye on. Um, I... I don't think I've mentioned this yet as a cool thing of the day, but it's a it's a little YouTube channel I I follow where uh, they do really really cool things with like aquariums and terrariums and paludariums. Uh The YouTube channel is called Serpent Design, and they and he just does these really cool things with like animal enclosures and. Like, closed terrariums. It's one of the most zen things I have ever seen. And he's got this really nice speaking voice. That just kind of lulls you to sleep. In a good way. Mm -hmm. But it's just so relaxing. And the amount of attention to detail this guy puts into... These these habitats for, for animals... That he has this entire room devoted to displaying them it's just like it's really cool and it it's actually kind of led me to want to try to you know design something like that so yes. yeah it, it like that kind of thing is really awesome, so um. Oh, my phone is ringing. Um, that's alright. Is, is your
1: fucking ringtone the the Cromarty High opening? Uh,
0: that's Margot's ringtone. Okay, there we go. Um, so the name of the YouTube channel is um, Serpent Design. I think he recently got to a million subscribers.
1: Oh, good for and him. got his
0: little YouTube plaque that he He turned around and mounted an aquarium around it. And it's really cool. Mm. No, not a not an aquarium, a, a, a paludarium. What's a
1: paludarium?
0: It's basically like a combination aquarium and like land. Actual elements Ooh. outside of water. Mm. But yeah, really cool stuff. Mm. And with that, I think this episode comes to a
1: wrap. The castle, the castle is leaving. If we don't get on, it will leave us behind.
0: Yeah, and I think it has wings now, so we've really got to book it. Oh, fuck. Well, Uh,
1: goodbye, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you in hell.
0: Uh, So with that, um, I'd like to wish you a wonderful evening. And Otaku on that dubba.
1: Otaku on, everybody, and don't think about the ass of the lion from Animal Olympics. God
0: damn it. (laughs) (sighs) I love you. And click. Okay, I'll get
1: back there. I'll get back in a minute. Also, I'm sorry, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, the Marissa Lenti's doing a uh Discord thing for Tribe Nine on a uh, on stream, and somebody said, Gianni. Apparently, Gianni's character. Gianni's character approached Salenti in Tribe Nine. Was what if Columbo was young and hot? And somebody in the chat yelled, "Columbo is already hot."
0: Bless you.